The views and opinions expressed on WXOJLP are solely those of the original hosts of their respective programs. These views and opinions do not necessarily represent those of Valley Free Radio Incorporated, its volunteers, or any other hosts, guests, or programs on this station. And welcome to another episode of Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow, hosting tonight, and I'm joined by Sue Timberlake. Hey there. And also by John Roberts. Hey, I'm back. Hey. Yes. <laughs> I am so, back from just producing. It has been uh, a lot of work trying to get everybody uh online and and everything so i've been i've been pretty quiet but i am back so tremble and fear when you emerged from your cave did you see your shadow (laughs) and i'm gonna leave again (laughs) (laughs) i just was wondering if there were gonna be like six more weeks of quarantine or not Uh, (laughs) (laughs) don't put that on me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so um john i first hope you uh, didn't hear my dog in the but john i've been watching a lot of the news shows you know the the cable and nbc abc cbs mm-hmm. and they're all doing the same thing and i have to say at first i thought this was really kludgy and then i was watching what like famous producers are doing and the, all the stuff that's happening and i go John is doing a really good job for us. So oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, everybody's on yeah. on Zoom and on Skype. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> yeah. everybody is doing it's, that. <laughs> yeah, and it's a trip. I mean, it's really it's really erratic, and you've done a really good job with us. So thank you. Oh, thanks. You know, keeping you guys in line. Um, <laughs> so, what are we talking about this week? Uh, well, that's a good question, uh, and. I just want to mention if our listeners have any questions or things they want us to talk about or complaints about things we've said, uh, you can get in touch with us in a few different ways. And we do love to hear from you, especially since, you know, we all have copious extra free time right now, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, you can email us, civilpoliticsradio at valleyfreeradio.org. Uh, you can tweet at us at civilpoliticsfm. And on Facebook, we are civilpoliticsradio.com. Uh, sorry, no, sorry. We are facebook.com slash civilpoliticsradio. There you go. Sorry. I was I was looking at the wrong line there because our website is civilpoliticsradio.com, and that's got recordings of previous episodes of the show, supplemental episodes, and other cool stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, so it's totally worth your time. You absolutely should go back and catch up on uh, our several years of Really great conversations. Uh, just so everybody knows, usually um, I'm posting links and stuff on the Twitter. Obviously, we are not live on the radio, so uh, that's why the Twitter has been kind of dead lately. Um, so uh, that, but definitely keep um, following the Twitter. Uh, we post links to the show every time it goes up. Any supplementals, it will be up there, and sometimes I'll be able to to pay post some some links that i've found we'll all be able to do that so just want to let everybody know thank you so uh, well why don't we start with the ongoing uh saga of our global crisis uh because 
you know, um, I don't know. Let's start with uh, uh, the protest in Michigan, I guess. Uh, oh, God. Yeah. Uh, you know, because. <laughs> I'm into it, Mike. <laughs> yeah, well, um, the uh, uh, governor of Michigan, uh, Governor Detmer, has, uh, 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 I believe, extended the uh, shelter in place order, you know, ordering the closing of businesses that aren't uh, absolutely essential to the um, uh, continued uh, survival and functioning of society. Uh, and uh, there was a protest by, I don't know, at least 100 people, maybe maybe a, a few hundred people. I'm not sure. I couldn't really tell from the, uh, the few images I saw. Uh, what, I'm the, sorry, uh, what did you say? Well, the the protests, they were uh, surrounding the governor's mansion in Michigan, yes. uh, blocking off, you know, people in cars were deliberately blocking off the streets to create a gridlock protest, which is a lot easier to do these days. <laughs> Nothing to block. <laughs> yeah. Well, but they were also milling around uh, holding signs in front of the governor's mansion. Uh, some, of, some of the people were keeping their distance and wearing masks, but many others were doing neither. And... I guess uh, a basic question is, uh, are you surprised how many of them were also wearing MAGA hats and carrying Trump-Pence campaign signs? I, I didn't see that part, but I saw a young woman who had a big sign that said, I will not comply. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh boy. Um, well, the... Uh the protest called Operation Gridlock was organized by the Michigan Conservative Co Coalition and the Michigan Freedom Fund, a DeVos family-linked conservative group. <laughs> of course the DeVoses are behind it, so. So they, it oh, was organized by by a conservative groups, so that, that would explain the MAGA hats and, and things like that. Apparently there are some people with uh, uh, that were doing and some open carry, too, so that's fun. Um, and there were some, uh, Confederate battle flags, uh, found there as well. Well, yeah, I didn't see those. I saw the don't tread on me flags when I saw, but of course there were Confederate flags because yeah. uh, those all go together. So do you think Sadly. Biden should pick her vice president? <laughs> no. Uh, Kayla Detmer, I... I I don't know enough about her, uh, and I think there are other excellent choices that I do know about. Um, uh, Senator Warren uh, was it just yesterday was asked, you know, will you do it if 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 he if he asks you, will you say yes? And yeah, and Rachel Maddow. Yeah, and yep. she just said yes. Stacey so. Abrams said that too. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. My uh, yeah. my dark horse choice. Uh, uh, Stacey Abrams and Liz Warren are both, we both amazing choices. I kind of have a, have a, have a hanker into, to, for him to pick Katie Porter, the congresswoman out of California, but I don't think that's going to happen because I don't, I don't think she's high yeah, enough she, profile. I've watched her now because you mentioned her. I didn't know who she was. And yeah. now I know who she is. Yeah. I've seen her before. She's a take no prisoners kind of person. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. She's, she is really great. I mean, the thing is that there are two factors that you have to think about for for vice president. Who is going to deliver the Midwest uh, and who is a good choice to uh, bring in more of the of the farther left? 
um, which is which is going to be a really hard needle to thread because uh, you have to think about bringing together the entire base and bringing um, the states that that you might not win, like Michigan, like uh, Idaho, like like many other places. Um, I, I, speaking I, of I Idaho, Steve King is apparently running out of money. So that's that's well, that's, that's fun. <laughs> I'm really happy about that. That's just some good news. Sorry, I thought the role of the vice president was often the attack dog for the president. That is something else that that yes. Um, and especially, especially with this with this vice president, he needs yeah. someone that is articulate and uh, and can condemn things while he just stands aside. He needs to yeah. appear Thank with you. them as much as possible. Yeah. So. Yeah. And in that respect, if you're looking for someone who can speak, who who speaks clearly and directly uh, and can muster some eloquence, uh, uh, Kamala Harris has certainly got to be on his list. I don't know if that would, that would deliver anything. I don't think she would deliver anything. She might not. I, I, I don't know, but, could, but oh, absolutely. Would, Elizabeth Warren would, could, could easily do all of that. Look at the way <laughs> she basically single-handedly sank Mike Bloomberg's candidacy in, in 120 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> That was enjoyable to watch. The thing is that she is all she is from the East Coast. She wouldn't she wouldn't. They, that's the most important thing you need. Uh, you need a vice president that would be able to convince um, independents and especially like go into uh, Midwestern states and and talk to them. Uh, so. Is it Warren? The woman uh, who grew up at uh, a working class in Oklahoma? I think she might. Yeah. That really did not do anything for her, honestly. No. 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> her, that whole story about her, like her trying to push the Oklahoma thing, it really didn't help her. It, it was just everybody was like, no, she's from Massachusetts. And really, she should just own that. Well, but, I mean. <laughs> She does, but I mean, she was talking about her personal story. Also, like the, it didn't help her when she was running to be the 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 top of the ticket. Uh, I think it might be more helpful when she's running as the number two. Highly we'll doubt see. it. Uh, I don't think he's gonna. I don't think it would be a good idea to pick her anyway. Um, yeah, I, I'd much rather see her her pushing to be Senate Majority Leader. Frankly, yeah, me if too. She's not going to be president. I'd like to see her being the our, the the top person in the Democratic Senate. Yeah, especially if it means we can get rid of Chuck Schumer. Oh God, please! <laughs> <laughs> I would love that so much. <laughs> <laughs> but going back to the. Uh, Michigan protests. Um, I, I, I note that you know this is a bunch of uh, uh, passionate conservative, uh, you know, Trump supporting voters <clears throat> turned out to protest a governor that uh, the president has been criticizing uh, extensively. But um, I don't know. Uh, she just won election a couple of years ago, and I think. 
as far as I can tell, she's still pretty popular in Michigan. And uh, I think people are uh, happy with someone who is actually trying to look after their 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 needs and and care for the public health um and 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 Trump isn't very popular so I, I I hear what you're saying about winning over voters in the Midwest but I think I I don't think that's really a problem I, I really don't I think I think Biden on his own is gonna do about as well as the Democrats can out there I, I don't think adding Amy Klobuchar is going to uh radically flip that no then he needs to get someone that that's more progressive <clears throat> right like elizabeth warren or stacy abrams I, probably yeah. stacy abrams would be a better choice because uh she wasn't just campaigning for president so there aren't a whole bunch of people out there with snake emoji tweets in their timeline about her yeah i mean the, the other, oh sorry Sue. what were you gonna say yeah, I just said somebody would begrudge her because she hasn't been in this. She didn't get, she didn't wound other people, so she's fine. Yeah. 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 I mean, also, uh, he needs to pick someone younger because, um, especially if hopefully he only runs for one term. So uh, he needs uh, he needs someone in the wings. Yeah. That to to pick it up. Like even if he runs two terms, he needs someone in the in the office that will be able to that will be able to run for president like directly after him, and that's also what a vice president is for. So yes. Elizabeth Warren, I would not want her because she is seventy. Yeah. Yeah, but women years aren't the same as men years. Doesn't matter. No. <laughs> <laughs> women years are different from men years, but it's still over seventy. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what the fact is, but there's definitely a difference. <laughs> anyway, I'm speaking of life expectancy, but that's fine. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> but um, yeah, well, I, the, I think the Michigan protest is also sort of illuminating because it really, uh, I think, sort of uh, throws into sharp relief sort of the difference between uh, the 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 more the, the the rhetoric on the right uh, on the the right side of the Republican Party and on the left side of the Democratic Party because uh, you know the 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 more centrist Democrats are like well public option should be okay and well you know of course people shouldn't have to pay for testing and treatment for the coronavirus but they won't actually go out and say yes we need universal health care we need if not medicare for all we need something that's going to do the same job and uh, uh, fill the same function and not be tied to people's jobs and cover everybody and on the other hand there are protesters these these right wing maga types who are running around saying oh you know i'm not going to comply you can't boss me around I'm I'm willing to risk my life for my liberty, and they're completely ignoring that they're not just risking their own lives. Do you think those were paid? Would you say there was about a hundred? Yeah, there was about a hundred people. You think, it, you think it was a paying job? It might be. It might be astroturf. <laughs> well, I do think one of the one of the the nostrums. Uh, in our comfortable uh, left-wing liberal bubble that I that I feel so good in, is that every time uh, uh, Republicans or right-wingers uh, make an accusation about the Democrats, 
they're accusing us of what they're doing themselves. And so, you know, the thing about paid protesters, I've heard that many times, like, oh, yes, yeah, George Soros is paying people or whatever. So I, I, I sort of reflexively am like, you know, that I, I just, but, you know, like I said, you know, uh, uh, Betsy DeVos uh, has ties to the, uh, the whole DeVos family has ties to the uh, uh, committee that was organizing it. So sure, you know, they, well, they might scrape up some pocket change. I was going to say who it targeted, the timing of it. You know, Trump's trying to make the argument to reopen the economy. All that, you know, just it sort of lines up with it was it was, you know, a paid for event organized yeah. and paid for. Well, I, I can't prove it. I probably shouldn't say it. Well, I mean, you know, uh, Donald Trump, remember when he announced his candidacy five years ago, uh, came down the escalator and all that stuff. Well, so uh, he padded out the crowd there with paid actors. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you want to really have some, some attractive people when you do that. So. Yeah. <clears throat> I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So, and the uh, 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 actually, here's something I just saw flash on my phone. Did you guys see that the uh, uh, Paycheck Protection Plan, the PPP loans that are out there to help small businesses that had ran out of money? Yeah, ran out of money. It had today, I think. Yeah, uh, however many billions of dollars they put into it, they apparently didn't put in nearly enough. No, oh, that's great. Was it two fifty? I think it was two fifty, wasn't it? Two hundred and fifty. I think so. Uh, and they want 350. 350. And they wanted to, the Republicans in the Senate wanted to just double that just recently. And that was sort of the fight that went down. And then they all just went home because they're mm. like that. Yeah. But that's what they were doing. With, they wanted to double that number. So, but they didn't want to fix any of the other things like hospitals, municipalities. Yeah. So it was an interesting fight because I understand they would, they realized it was going to run right through all the money they had found. So. Also, the uh, the the loan program is actually works through the banks. Um, it's yeah. not directly through the government. The the government gives the banks the money, and then the 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 banks are supposed to process and and approve all the loans. Um, yeah. And what and a funny thing about that is they didn't get the actual instructions and and, and guidelines about how to do that. Uh, until like hours before they were supposed to start start taking people in. Yeah. And then some other people, yeah. uh, some banks, they, they started denying people loans if they had like other debt or something, even though there's it's supposed to be like no strings attached. Yeah. And I, I understand that uh, in some cases uh, the banks were allowed to garnish the funds. Is is that accurate? I don't know if they're allowed to. <laughs> uh, but. Yes. <laughs> the yeah, giving like get, letting letting banks um actually uh take care of uh, of these loans that are supposed to help small businesses without without any strings attached is a terrible terrible idea. Um because they're going to try to make money off of it. Yeah. I heard a lot Money went to REITs, real estate investment firms, and 
all the folks that are very well connected to banks because they, you know, they have a lot of leverage. They stay very highly leveraged. They were saying a lot of those folks got the first loans. No questions asked. Well, sure. I mean, you know, they're they're they're, they're high quality people. You know, they're they're the <laughs> best people. They the get highest. all the best loans. Yeah. But yeah, it sounds like it was sort of spoken for as it as it even hit the hit the banks. And even before the rules were written. So, so uh, they want to put more. Yeah. They want to double it. Everybody wants to double it. Yeah. I mean, I think the Democrats just want more protections and, and, uh, more, more guidelines on it. Um, instead and, of just uh, giving other, out the money. Right. But I think, um, I think their big complaint was, that there were other things that needed to be fixed that were just as urgent. Mm. And that, you know, before you call the business thing, you also want to, you know, if we're going to take a vote, let's get. So I thought they were pretty close before they went on vacation or went on yeah. whatever. Well, and, and, and it's important to, to prop up businesses, but I think, A, we should really be doing this the way, you know, Denmark, for example, or uh, is doing it in that. It's like, hey, we're going to send this money out to the businesses, but you, you know, the condition is that you don't lay people off. And how many more jobless claims were there today? Uh, Five point four million. Right. Five point two four. Yeah, up to twenty two million. We've lost every gain from two thousand and eight. Yeah. So Trump single handedly has actually he didn't do this, but well, Iris did, but. Lost every single job gain we've we've made. In 2000. Well, so uh, uh, the Trump administration has disastrously botched things. I think that's very clear. <clears throat> and if you want to, here's here's a here's a difference. So uh, here in the USA, we've had uh, uh, 664,000 confirmed cases. Uh, and 33,633 reported deaths, according to uh, this little info page that Google has put together. Good times. Um, yeah. 11,586 deaths in the state of New York uh, alone. Um, do you know how many uh, confirmed cases they've had in South Korea, where, of course, this was a threat much earlier? How many? 10,613 in all of South Korea. They've had 229 deaths. The capital, Seoul, South Korea, which is about the same size as New York, I think, New York City, has had two deaths. Well, yeah. Don't you wish we were uh, a rich and technologically sophisticated advanced industrial power? That was capable of mobilizing resources <laughs> and getting things done in a in a clever, timely way. Wouldn't that be great? Well, even that doesn't really make a difference because we see countries like Spain and and Italy having tons of of issues. Um, That's true. Yeah, technolo and technological and and rich does not mean that we would really survive. <laughs> Uh, well, the, the, the leadership. The, leadership is, yes. is good. The difference in leadership is stark. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, there's another article, and I think I, I actually sent it to you guys. It pointed out that a lot of that many countries that are handling this well, uh, like New Zealand, 
uh, and Denmark are being led by and Germany are being led by women and uh, 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 all these countries that are doing terribly are led by <laughs> dudes. So, yeah, we're the best. Sweet. Yeah, I'd, I'd seen that in for not in Forbes, but there was a summary of it. I forget on um, the National Review or something. But it was real. It's really interesting. And the list of the women is, um, you know, all the all the all the greats from around the world. It's sort of amazing. You know, the woman from New Zealand and Germany and, you know, we know who they are because they've been really prevalent in the news. So, yeah, but yeah, they all done a good job. So who knows? I don't know. Maybe there's also some um, genetics to it because it's in South Korea where they just had 101 people that had, had cleared and were back at work. And now they're discovering that they're still, shedding virus there's like a couple of stories like that that's pretty intense i think it's south korea I, i'd heard those because, stories i don't know if they've been confirmed yeah this was um south korea and i and it's partly because they test so well that they yeah. actually know yeah that's you know, that's the big thing so there's some super spreaders or something something's going on there so no i thought that was a thing be- with dudes on the subway super spreading isn't that oh my god no? <laughs> mike <laughs> No, no, Mike, no. That's a bad, bad Mike. Mike. Yeah. <laughs> Man uh, Yes, that is what he was referring to. Thank you. <laughs> um, I'm just reminded. So I, I told you guys I've been reading a book about the 1918 flu pandemic by Alfred Crosby. And just there was a bit in there that, um, uh, uh, you know, President Wilson at the time didn't have any more authority than President Trump does to, uh, you know, shut down the entire country or make all the decisions or whatever. But nevertheless, the uh, uh, federal government was taking a leading position. And uh, following that lead is a a lot of states and private organizations sort of were like, yep, okay, we're going to, that makes sense. We're, we we see this national goal of fighting this disease. And so we're going to take steps. And Thus, the difference between how organized and thoughtful they were in 1918 versus now. For example, the, quote, the Red Cross involved itself in fighting Spanish influenza in both the military and civilian sectors. Uh, On September 27th, its headquarters in Washington, D.C., wired all its division directors of nursing to mobilize all forces. And to hobble the terrible law of supply and demand, it was laid down as a principle that no division would be permitted to recruit nurses from any other division without approval of national headquarters, and that a standard schedule of nursing fees was prepared and approved by the Red Cross and the Army and the U.S. Public Health Services. Uh, This was essential to avoid chaos. Already, various areas affected by the pandemic were beginning to bid against one another for nurses. So, you know... Uh, they recognize the problem that uh, the Trump administration has been encouraging, where uh, they they encourage bidding wars and let it, let uh, different uh, authorities fight one another for who can provide the necessary care for their uh, sick uh, citizens. So. Yeah. So I was wondering who was the president during the 1918 and 19 and 20 flu epidemic? Didn't it go three years? Three ways. Uh, yeah, arguably, yeah. Uh, uh, I, I I haven't finished the book, but yes, it it started in it started in the spring of 1918 in Kansas, and then it's uh, it spread from America into Europe and seems to have 
gotten even more virulent uh, in Europe in the trenches and then spread around the world. And the, the, the sort of the great dying happened in uh, the fall of 1918 into the uh, early 1919 in the U.S., uh, but it then it did keep going around the world for some time. So, um, so we have. Ju- uh, I think I think we are at the the half hour mark right now. All right. Um, well, uh, we should take a short break then. Play some PSAs, promos, and station IDs, and pacify the uh, authorities in charge of federal communications. Uh, and uh, then we can come back and talk some more about the coronavirus and how the U.S. is dealing with that, and uh, maybe even a little bit about the politics of the election. Oh. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So uh, don't go away, folks. This is Civil Politics here at Valley Free Radio, and after these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, this is Wendy, host of Valley Free Radio's subculture music program featuring new wave, post-punk, indie, and electronic music from the 70s to today. Join me every Friday night from 8 to 10 p.m. here on WXOJ or stream it live from your favorite listening device at valleyfreeradio.org. Table of Contents is a weekly music program that assembles an assortment of songs and sounds of many genres and which may entail literally taking a random collection of musical sources off the shelf and giving them a turn on the table or spin in a CD or tape player. Each week presenting shows which can at times be organized orderly and at other times perhaps be not as much so, yet never dull. Tune in Friday nights, 10 p.m. till midnight on WXOJ LP, Northampton 103.3 FM. Wash your hands, avoid sick people, and touching your face. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Visit cdc.gov COVID-19. Brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. And we're back with Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm still Michael Dow, and I'm still joined by Sue Timberlake. Hey there. And uh, resurgent genre Roberts. Hooray! I have returned from the depths of... I don't know. I was fighting, I was fighting a Kraken. That's all I can tell you. Uh, well, uh, thank you. I, I hate it when those things get unleashed. So, uh, yeah. Uh, we were talking about the coronavirus and uh, how the world is dealing with it. And, of course, one important part of the world's response also is the aptly named World Health Organization. And uh, our president has decided to that he says he's now carrying through on his threat to, to cut their funding and says the U.S. won't be making contributions going forward. And I just... Pending review. Yeah. Uh, he, so yeah, that was the thing. He is uh he is unhappy with how they're responded to this and he wants a an investigation about it before the US uh starts contributing funds again. Which is and of course the US is the largest single contributor. Of course. Yes. Uh by the way, do you know no. what the second largest single funding source to the World Health Organization is? Russia? China. China. No. No, the country, uh, the, sec- the the country that gives the second most after the U.S. is the United Kingdom, of Great Britain and Northern mm. Ireland. 
But that's only. Go ahead. Sorry, I thought it was China who gave the next amount of money. Nope. Uh, According to the thing I read, it's the UK. But actually, after the United States government, the second biggest single funding source for the World Health Organization is the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Yeah, he did mention something about that. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they give them a lot of money. So, uh, well, it's it's uh, indicative of the problem we have of wealth concentration. I mean, uh, kudos to the Gateses for recognizing that the species needs to fight global crises like uh, dysentery and malaria and and coronavirus and whatnot. But uh, it's it's a great example of why leaving everything up to whether or not our uh, super rich are smart and ethical is a uh, is a problem. Yeah, I saw a tweet by um, from from Bill Gates uh, saying, oh, we need to fund the World Health Organization. It's very important. And I'm like, you can do that like on your own. So do it. You know, like if you want to if you oh, you're going to give one hundred fifty million. Oh, that's cute. How much of your total wealth is that? You know, well, I mean, fair enough, but that they have been funding the World Health Organization rather strongly for years. So what is strongly uh, as in they've been funding it for hundreds of millions of dollars for years. Oh, hundreds. I see. That's the thing. I hear hundreds of millions and he's worth billions. I agree. Multiple again, billions. So like it doesn't that when when someone says when when you say that, oh, they've been funding it for hundreds of millions of dollars every year. I I'm thinking how much of that is just their their interest on oh. on stuff they have in a bank like that's it's a like it's a it's like me. It's like it's like me giving a a dollar every year to the local food bank. It's good that I'm doing that or like 10 bucks. It's good that I'm doing that. It does help them. And, but that is not at all what I like. I could probably give more, you know, I, I, I agree with what you're saying. And and as I said, the, the, there's too much wealth concentration into the hands of, of the few, but I do want to push back a little bit mm-hmm. in that, <clears throat> for one thing, the the World Health or the WHO, the World Health Organization, um, is a, a funded mostly by world governments, and uh, I note that while Mr. Gates could certainly be giving more, he is also, uh, as I said, giving more money. Uh, than any country in the world except for the United States. He's giving more money than Russia, than China, than Germany, than uh, Japan. Uh, that, that, that's, that's significant. Uh, and I think part of that has to do with just the general complacency, I think, that's come over a lot of the world. Certainly the... the uh, uh, the uh, rich and scientifically advanced and industrialized world. It's been a long time since uh, we've had a global health crisis like this. I mean, it okay. I mean, Sorry. it. It, <laughs> it, it. I mean, the um, the the WHO is important, and uh, it 
countries it, it is a shame that country that many countries just don't fund it as much as they could i would say that they also have other things to pay for um and like the 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 amount of the amount of money that they have to pay for this and that and this and that they they there is a lot of money that they could that they could be managing better but the the gates I don't know their their exact net worth, but I'm sure they have enough. I'm sure they have more money than some smaller countries. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I, they also. I'm not letting them off the hook from they, that, you know. Like, right, it, and right. the only well, reason they don't have to pay for public infrastructure, they don't have to be like exactly. Well, we got to keep the roads paved. Oh, and a working postal service would be good. And, and the only know. reason I'm I'm harping on on this with them is that they that. Bill Gates made a point to talk about their fund, like the lack of funding. Like if he didn't say anything, then I wouldn't, I would be like, well, he has other stuff to do. But if he's focused on the WHO and he's like, this, this is important. This needs to be funded. Then I'm going to say you have the money to make up the difference for now. So give it to them. You can do that. Sell a house. You know, yes, that, uh, that's I, the thing. Like, I don't respect the the amount of money that he gives is is a fraction of the money, the amount of money that he's worth. And he is giving money to other other charities and everything like that. But if this is something that is super important, that is that is really needed in the world right now. And he is saying that then I ex then put your money where your mouth is. Basically, you have it. I think that's a totally fair point, uh, especially in a crisis. And, and hopefully, the the Gates Foundation will will make up for any uh, hopefully balls dropped by the United States. Yeah. Uh, I, I think sort of <clears throat> in the longer term, I think uh, there was also the question of, uh, you know, the, like there comes a point where throwing money into an organization it becomes counterproductive because it's more than it can really handle. Yeah. So uh, yeah, uh, I'm not saying like they should just yeah. pay for it. I'm saying that they should, um, that it should be like they can be a stopgap for now. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, uh, easily that, they that, could. That's a great thing for the for the for the rich people of the world to do with their uh, luscious, beautiful tax breaks. Yeah, they're getting ill-gotten gains. Yeah. So Shu, I just you're the, really don't you're, like super. You're rich the people. unfettered <laughs> capitalist. What do you think? <laughs> I'm just listening to you guys. It's very interesting. Mm. So also um, Zuckerberg and his wife is a doctor. When I forget her name and I should know her name, but they're also making a lot of noise about people contributing to WHO. <laughs> and she like Melinda Gates, you know, Melinda was a force in her own right long before Bill came along. This is what she did. So I think to some degree it's her initiative. Even though oh, he's the one sure. who speaks, and um, the same is true with Zuckerberg. You know, his wife is actually the one that's been working in these fields and yeah. trying to promote world. Uh, it's uh, Priscilla you know. Chan, yeah, or Priscilla yeah, Chan Zuckerberg. Yeah, uh, she shouldn't have changed her name. <laughs> I, I think, um, she, I think she goes by uh, Dr. Priscilla Chan. Um, so yeah. anyway, uh, yeah, the Zuckerberg. <laughs> initiative that's 
something else I have an issue with, but whatever, it's fine. <laughs> well, do you think we should talk about the, uh, the the limitations on the World Health Organization's authority? Like, it doesn't have any ability to to issue binding or compelling yeah. health directives around the world, or or it can't do anything without the cooperation of governments because they have sovereignty and the WHO yeah. does not. Well, I mean, the WHO what? is a is an office of the um of the UN. Uh, yeah of the UN. So no, it doesn't have any power. UN doesn't have any power. So <laughs> why would it? Well, and and that's by design. The U.S. will never agree to to give up its decision power. It just doesn't, you know. So it's true we don't participate in the world court. I mean, it's just endless the things the U.S. doesn't. You know, we are we're a member of, but we basically veto stuff or have veto power. So I, I agree with you, but I was just going to say, you know, the Rockefellers and the Carnegies did the same thing with their money. You know, they they did some very bad things, but then, you know, just to keep you off their path, they, you know, they're upstanding men in their communities and donate to certain, you yeah, know, cards tax breaks that make stuff. them look good. And that's, <laughs> you know, that's part of the, that's part of the show and tell. So yeah, I, I don't see anything new here. I just, you know, that's that's how capitalism works. You get a lot for yourself. You take a little bit and sprinkle it here and sprinkle it there where you get the best, you know. (laughs) That's the problem. (laughs) If if we could move on to something else, uh, something I've been thinking about a lot, um, especially since just, you know, everybody is – everybody in the Democratic Party is endorsing Biden now, uh, and it is upsetting many people uh, in the progressive movement wanted Bernie Sanders of of course but and he and uh he endorsed uh <clears throat> Joe Biden like he said he would um like whoever is the the nominee he said the, that he would back them um he actually there is actually an interview with him or maybe just like a quick question and answer thing and he he said that it was irresponsible not to vote for the the democratic nominee uh because like he said the trump is the most dangerous president you know blah 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 you know we we've all heard what he said um but there is a there is a small uh like we're not going to vote for biden movement for various reasons um and like i've been i've been thinking about that a lot like the um the way that people like how are you going to use your vote how like what is the correct way to use your vote like in in a like in a indecision in the in this election um <clears throat> what'd you say mike or sue some of those uh, yeah it's very, that's very very interesting that that you're you're looking at it because it's 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 a good question as a republican it's like oh let me watch what they're going to do but yeah, he he endorsed Biden within like a week, yeah, or so, or a month. I think and they were uh, in discussions about like what what Biden was going to yeah. do. Uh, well, with Clinton, he certainly dragged his feet a lot longer. But, who did? Yeah. Oh, with Clinton, um, Bernie. Well, he yeah. was yeah. with Clinton. It was a lot closer, and there wasn't a pandemic, so uh, he was he was thinking about like a brokered convention. Um, but after, after that, he, he did endorse her and, and he did campaign for her, but the, uh, 
like in this election, um, I was watching this this video, uh, this video series called the the alt right playbook. Um, I'll I'll link oh, it. Oh, I've seen some of that. It's yeah, very good. Uh, the newest video is called uh, Monday. Like I hate Mondays. One of the things yeah. that they were talking about was how uh, liberals versus conservatives view the world in terms of evil and good. The uh, it, in terms of thinking about harm reduction or what what will what will make the world better, like say gun control. There are a lot of people that say, "Why have gun control? Someone will like a criminal will still get a gun." And then on the liberal side, they'll say, "Well, if we reduce the amount of guns, then that will that will happen less." So the, on the conservative side, it's like a binary. Yes or no, and on the liberal side, sometimes it's more of a uh like a a shades of gray kind of thing but again, there's the uh okay the 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 flip side of that is oh well if if that's the case if if having an abortion is murder, it's always bad uh but people will still get abortions even if you make them completely illegal. Well, isn't that a waste of time then? Isn't that as much of a waste of time as uh, banning guns? That is the that is another example that he gave. But the the thing that that really got me about that video is he was talking about um, voting for for president and like thinking about the the nature of evil, like the lesser of two evils. That is something that's thrown out, out out a lot. And I was thinking about that in terms of that is not the I don't think that's the right way to think about an election. That is not, that's not really when we're thinking about like a primary voting for the person that you like most, that the, the policies that you like most. Yes. That, so then you're thinking about who is the best person, who is a good person that you would like to vote for. There is an ethical question there. One person has a rape allegation against them. That's not good. I'm going to vote for someone else. You know, uh, there, there's there, there's that ethical question. When you, when it's just the general, one of these few people, I say four people. There's the Democrat. There's the Republican. There's the Libertarian and the and the Green Party. Those are the major parties, technically. One of oh. those people is going to be president. Probably one of the the probably the Democrat or the Republican, most likely. So mm-hmm. when people say, "Oh, I, I'm I'm voting for the lesser of two evils," like that's there you're you're voting. That's it's not like you're voting for evil. That's it's not like there's an ethical question about. It's just who do you think is going to perform the best in the office? That's I think pretty uh, much it, you know. Uh, I think uh, the journalist. I'm sorry, Sue. You, were you speaking? Because there was a clicking sound. Yes, that's 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 the best choice of the choices that you have, which I think a lot of people, you know, maybe the Bernie folks, their problem is sometimes that you don't have the choices that you would like. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the, like, people that say, well, I'm just not going to vote because both of them are bad. Well, that means that you're you're just not 
taking part of the process. It, it goes into yeah, not- my uh, my whole thing about there is no such thing as a protest vote. Right. I think there was a, a nice little uh, exchange on Twitter between Mehdi Hassan, a journalist for the uh, Al Jazeera, and uh, uh, a fellow named Kyle Kulinski. Uh, and Kulinski was saying, I don't want either one to be president, and I don't want either one to be president so badly that I find the idea of voting for either one morally repellent. Uh, it's certainly an answer to your question. It's just not one that fits into your neat little partisan box. And Mr. Hassan replies, it's not a partisan box. It's an empirical box. Uh, one of the two will be president, whether you or I like it or not. So I ask again, who would you less prefer to be president come 2021? And, and, and yes, so I would less prefer Donald Trump to be president, even though I think uh, Joe Biden has a number of failings. Uh, including, I do think Tara Reid's rape allegation is certainly credible. I, I mean, I, I can't say for sure if it's true or not, but it's certainly, I find it credible. I think it needs to be investigated. Uh, I think it certainly calls Mr. Biden's character into question. Um, but all of these flaws that I can uh, I can and have mentioned about him previously on this show are flaws that uh, he shares with uh, Donald Trump. And in many cases, Trump has them worse. So uh. it, that's the thing. It's not it. We are we are now removed from the ethical quandary. Yeah, uh, because they're both not good. It, it's it, and it's not yeah. a it's not a good. Again, my opinion, but it's not a good way to think about this sort of thing because it's it's not good or not we're not voting for a good person we're not looking for a good person we're looking for the the out of these people who is the best person for the job so then you try to get that person that's it because it's a job they're you're they're trying to get a job one of them's going to get a job so if you decide not to vote because you don't like either of them that means one of them will, st- like he said, one of them will still get the job, and you've just removed your your voice, even if you're in a quote unquote safe state. Uh, one of my friends actually said, "Well, if you're in a safe state, then you can vote for whoever you want." I'm like, if in Massachusetts, Massachusetts is pretty blue. Um, like Democrats never come here really because. Uh, they 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 know it'll go for them. If every person, if every liberal in Massachusetts or a good amount of them say, well, it's a safe state, so I'll vote green because I want them to have some votes. That means it'll go red. Good. It's that that's the way it works. So even if it's safe, then you need to you still need to vote for whoever because if a good amount of people don't vote and especially with down tickets you're uh you're like the down the down um ticket stuff if the jim mcgovern is our is is my um congressman right Uh yes so if he if someone was running against him and a bunch of people said well he's safe whatever so i'm not going to vote then the other person might win that's, right. that's the thing, you know, like uh, a even in a, a quote unquote safe sta- state, you still need to vote. Um, well, and and Wisconsin, I think, was one of the states that was considered 
you know, fairly safe in 2016, you know, the quote unquote blue wall that they were talking about in the electoral college. Yeah. And it went for Trump. So exactly. That's uh, what happens. I, I think, yeah, I think if there's one thing that the past four years should have taught uh, complacent white voters like me is that there is no real safety. It's just uh, illusion and inertia, and you're fooling yourself if you think uh, otherwise. Yeah, so that's something I've been thinking about a lot. <laughs> just the like the morality in involved with voting is is kind of stripped out when you get to the general election because no matter what one of them is going to get the job so your 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 personal morals if you don't participate then you don't matter and nobody unless you get a massive massive amount of people to uh to write in the same thing so it'll show up on actual polling and it'll show up in votes and it, that will be a protest vote. That's that's so that that's with, it. It happened with John Anderson. I don't know if you guys remember him. No, in, I remember him. Yeah, he got what, 15 percent or something it was pretty amazing. Yeah, it cost Jimmy Carter the election. See, there you yeah. go. If you if someone like if that happened then that would make the the Democratic Party stand up and and listen, or the Republican or whoever. Yeah. Well, I'm curious to know uh, what Sue thinks about the uh, ethics of voting. Um, I know that uh, you know there there is a certain amount of party loyalty. I mean, you know, you ha- despite what uh, Trump has done to the grand old party, you know, you haven't. Uh, you know, torn up your membership card and 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 left, uh, Sue. No, I have even, not. <laughs> right, even though Trump is not your your choice for president in any way, shape, or form. Well, you know, I I wasn't attending originally for it to be him when I said the weasels have taken over the Republican Party, but yeah. it's really true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, so, and, and so, I'm, I'm yeah, hoping, I'm go ahead. Sorry, this, I'm hoping this reforms reforms the party to some degree. We'll see if that happens. But, you know, it's shaken out a lot of folks in the party, and there's a lot of folks that retired early and, you know, decided to do other things. And But, yeah, the question is, do you stick with your team so the team can win? Or, you know, do you do what you think is right if it's in conflict? And that's like the question of the century. I mean, and that's true a million times a day in all walks of life around all kinds of issues. You know, when do you stick with the team and just, you know, be quiet about what's happening with the hope that, you know, you can influence how it goes and how much or much more ethical it is? And when do you break ranks and become, you know, the reformer or, or all that? And, you know, a lot of times I voted for reformers. Mitt Romney was touted as a huge reformer when he was first governor. And he did reform a lot of the systems in Massachusetts. He, he sure, did. Romney cares. But, you know, and so, you know, a, a lot of that is a question of your judgment. But I grant you, genre, that times like these, well, you I mean, kind of you kind of know what you're getting. You can, and, you know, yeah. you, really you can have you can have both. You can um, vote for the standard team, but also make your voice heard. I think a lot of I think what a lot of a lot of the progressives need to do is like shout like look 
we understand that he's not a good president, but you need to do better. You need to do better because and but the thing is, like there's the threat of not voting is kind of removed in this situation, which is which is too bad, because um, even if they say, like, you have to work for our vote, then the 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 Democratic Party leadership will say, no, no, we don't. You're going to vote for for us, you know, yeah. <laughs> unless yeah. I mean, like they, they can't be ungracious about it. But they don't have. But really, right now, they don't have to really try, which is an issue. Anyway, <clears throat> well, well, it is two. Go ahead. Uh, sorry, I just. It is two hundred days uh, from this show to the actual election day, so we got a little time. Yeah, I know. Oh, no. Yeah, two hundred well, we days exactly. So I'm just, I'm just curious, Sue. Are you, uh, are you? thinking you might be riding with biden or are you thinking like uh no you'll just yeah i know it's a oh, terrible I'd, slogan I'd write, in, I'd write in chris christie first in a heartbeat you know? yeah yeah and we are to some degree but i think that's what john anderson did to your party is that he 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 got people who normally wouldn't have voted for a third party but i think a lot of democrats left and did it and i think i mean i think there's times when that's really effective and and scares, you know, the major parties that that things aren't, you know, some of the original um, Tea Party folks were basically complaining about the things about Republicans that you guys even complain about, but then it got co-opted. So you know, there's a lot of these reform movements, but they kind of they get co-opted or they get you know astroturfed or it it's and it's an interesting time because look at this pandemic and how clearly we need you know, very different leadership on the climate, on, you know, the way we think about each other, all those things are true. And I think people in both parties can see it. And the question is, is there an alternative to a Joe Biden or a, or a Donald Trump? You know, right now, they, they were all eliminated in the process. Those people all got knocked off. So, yeah, that's I don't know. true. I mean, it's sort More of depressing. And when it happened with John Anderson, people, you know, couldn't believe how well he did, but they also thought, you know what, a third party will never win. Yeah. Never. And yet Ross and so Perot that- came back and tried again in ninety two. <laughs> yep. So And he got too, so Yeah. I think he would have gotten father and friend his daughter. Mm. I think that really you know, and there's some really treacherous politics that goes on in this country. I mean really treacherous so. well we may be able to talk maybe we'll be able to talk about that next week oh are we at the time already? oh definitely yes <laughs> all right well that's going to do it for civil politics tonight here on valley free radio coming up next is subculture and a whole bunch of other cool music shows we're going to have a podcast of this show uploaded to the various services over the weekend uh, we'll have a repeat broadcast monday at four and of course you can listen to this and other great show other great episodes on our website civilpoliticsradio.com that's all for now we'll be back with more next week good night civil politics is a member of the planetside podcast network To learn more, go to planetsidepodcasts.com.